You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 376th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in beautiful western Massachusetts where you guys... Road season is back. The podcast is back on. I thought maybe we're going to have to cancel it through the doldrums of winter, but we're we're in it. We're back, baby. We're we're back. That is a and you know, apologies to the dozens of listeners that missed last week's episode, but it was an amazing um Cyclocross World Championship preview episode for the members and supporters of the podcast. Maybe is there a way that we can spin this into that only the no, super no. elite got an episode that didn't exist. We we <laughs> yeah, took the sure. week off. We we I'm pretty sure we mentioned that uh, the previous episode. But, right. uh, that's just code for the people that send us lots of money getting uh, extra that's stuff. True. That's what that's what the we dozens. really mean. Yeah, we don't actually well, take time off. No. Yeah. yeah. No, I uh, we're maybe just buying ourselves some time because, as you know, massive massive cycling news this weekend. Huge. Huge racing happening. Uh, I think the whole world is a buzz, of course, because Andre Helvel and uh, Valverde is back. Dude, I'm so excited. I can't dude, even get it out. Do you just want he's to take back. that one again from the stop? No, because, uh, I can't. I, I'm yeah. too excited. He's he's 40, what, 41, 42, and he's still winning. He's coming it's out like, the gates hot. It's, it's, it's repeat year. I'm calling it now. He's winning the world championship. Oh, it's... Possible. It's a thing of beauty. I think it's very possible. And then you know what that means? That means we'll get another couple of years because he can't he can't go out at that. Yeah. It's a. It was great to see him win. Uh, shout out to American Brandon McNulty for getting second. But um, let's and, be honest. The real winning. story on the roadside is that uh, yeah. Dev, David Rebelin, <laughs> the guidepost for Alejandro yeah. Valverde, has finally retired at the age of fifty. So by our count, we still have eight more seasons of Valverde. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. In the pro ranks. The, the line has been drawn in the sand. Now Valverde knows where the goalpost is. Oh. Man, I was going to say, you guys, uh, our boy Michael Matthews, quality fourth place to Valverde. You know, he's never going to beat Valverde, but it's just nice to see him up there so early in the year, you know, marking himself off the it's old true. man. It's true. It's, it's all I mean, great you know, guys, on the road front. You know, you know what things are. Michael Matthews in fine form if he's already hitting fourth place this early in the season. Um, which is, you know, kind of peak performance for him. Well, it's, it's it is. Either, he's already he's either peaked way too soon, or he's going to slowly work his way up the podium in the next month or two, and that's fingers crossed, right? I on San Remo, baby. I would just say that uh, for our uh, many listeners that have been with the program for over 376 episodes, I don't think for a second any of them doubted that we were going to have Alejandro Valverde lead <laughs> with the top uh-huh. segment of the Slow Ride podcast, <laughs> yep. even though the U.S. hosted Cyclocross World Championships in yeah. um, Benton, Fayetteville, yeah. Arkansas. Um, the, uh, much to discuss there. 
We'll talk mm-hmm. about it. Um, we've got a couple of listener emails. I think let's get into one of the listener emails right away just to help guide this discussion. Longtime listener uh, Kevin Dolan writes us and says, Will this be the Asterix Worlds? The registration numbers are quite low, maybe half the number of elites that were at Louisville. And there may be more DNSs before the event even starts. I think Kevin asks a, a good framing question. Is this an Asterix Worlds? Or did the battle in Fayetteville prove worthy champions in both Marianne Voss, eight-time winner, and first-time winner Thomas Pidcock in the men's elite? I don't think... I don't think there's any question that it's an asterisk world really on the women elite side, even though we did lose a few few women who couldn't make the trip over. But you're always going to lose one or two people from some sort of injuries and having Voss and Brand duel it out. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like if anybody else was there, uh, other than Betsima, obviously, she's my favorite, um, would they have been <laughs> able to... <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, would they have it's been able to? Ch- would they really have changed <laughs> yeah. that? Changed the outcome there? But I think the men's races were the asterisks. I think there kind of is an asterisk. But Do you? Pidcock is still like obviously legit. I don't know. So legit by it, thirty seconds. You could say, is this the asterisk world championship? Because you know Matthew's not there. Wout is not there. We were not there. We weren't. There, we yeah, were not we there. there. Yeah. Um, or you could say it was, it was a, a legitimate world championship because you didn't have a foregone conclusion of Matthew Wout. Yeah. Um, well, you just had to wait you know, two two laps for the foregone conclusion of Thomas Pidcock. I don't well, think you had you a know, foregone conclusion even with Matthew and Wout the last few years, just because we had those years of Matthew implosions where he'd win everything and then he'd implode at Worlds. So I feel like every year I win in, even though. Vanderpool won the last three men's world titles. I was nervous <laughs> about him uh-huh. being able to pull it off the uh-huh. last three years. I mean, I think there'll be a little bit of an asterisk, but like Pidcock, if he even a little bit stays on this trajectory of getting a little bit better every year, like think how good he was last year and then how good he was on the road this in 2021. I do how, think how much he brought it out. Like he's going to definitely bring his a game next year and we'll have a good i do think it's cute that you think that pitcock's going to come back to a cyclocross world championships in the future i a hundred percent guarantee he's going to come back to cyclocross really really yeah okay Um, okay spencer this is episode 376 a little guy what is your guarantee how much he's trying to put down on this i don't know a bazillion bazillion dollars a couple years ago we were sitting here arguing (laughs) that of course, Vanderpool and Wout would stay do cross because it was good for them, where the whole rest of the cycling world was like, no, they're going to leave it. They'll never go back. And we've seen that they yeah. consistently go back, and it yeah. is good for uh-huh. them. It's mm-hmm. good for yeah. them mm-hmm. in terms of being yeah. popular uh-huh. riders and in well, terms here, of like here's, good spring I got form. a question for you, little guy. Sure. Yeah. Do, do, do you want to? Okay, I'll start. Um, what is the title sponsor? Of Tom Pidcock's team, little guy, for oh, $1,000. It's Ineos. Ineos. You think Ineos, <laughs> a team that is built around marginal gains, <laughs> is going to yes. allow the pride and joy in the future of British cycling? Not a GC mm-hmm. rider. Doesn't matter. They don't care. In the same way. Little right. guy. I, a GC I rider. A, no. P- I have a follow-up. <laughs> okay. Uh, little guy, you said... Um, 
earlier, just just moments ago, that um, Wout and Matthew always came back because it benefited their road season to race cross. Um, mm-hmm. They have always raced cross full seasons, and uh, is that correct? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Is Tom Pickgack also then always raced full cross seasons? Yes, for the most part, I believe so, yeah. Because I don't think he was there this year. He kind of cherry-picked a few races, right? He did cherry-pick a base. But what does that matter? He still was there. He was there for a large chunk of the season. He was there where it counted. Uh, so he it could sounds win like he's dipping his toes in, having a little fun, and the popular... Uh, Hot now at the okay, hot wait. new thing that all the kids are talking about, cyclocross. Okay, wait. So um, your your argument is is he he came in. This he's not year. a lifer, man. He hasn't been here since the beginning. He well, doesn't have what it takes to has, stay in the game. He has. Been. I liked it before it was cool to for cyclocross racers to come from road. Uh huh. Oh, I I like I like your argument that he that his dipping the toe in this and mountain biking this year only brought him huge huge amounts of success and. Probably like a ton of good press that Enios needs because they're an evil crap corporation, and so the, they'll definitely be like, well, in we the don't, U.S., we don't want to do yeah. that again. <laughs> we don't want to do that. In, that was too successful. May, we better they not. They have some UK kind of corner. I think they have a lot of respect for what British Cycling and Enios are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. Look, I remember we have lots of listeners from the U.K. You can um, be so, a okay, fan so of pick riders on Ineos and not be a fan of their special blend of petrol chemicals. Pidcock takes the win <laughs> um, on the top step, <laughs> looking right to his right and at eye level would be um, Lars Vanderhaar in second place. Exactly uh-huh. at eye level, yeah. And then looking to his left and down at his elbow would be Eli Ezerbeet. <laughs> For what would be the world's shortest podium in the history of cyclocross, um, little guy, which is incredible because it includes a Dutch rider. Yeah, no, uh, no. one Dutch rider <laughs> is the shortest Dutch rider. Yes, Tim. Uh, an amazing um, podium. It was at this moment after the race that legendary friend of the podcast Lars Vanderhaar mm-hmm. does an interview. America's own Jeremy Powers. And we got a question about this interview from one of our dear listeners of the pod. Bruce Reichlich writes out and says, Lars was asked post-race if there would be any foam party without the foam tonight. Would you mind recapping why this is such a legendary event and what a foam party actually means? Bruce. I, well, Bruce. I, I love that Lars asked this yeah. question. Yeah, Lars asks Jeremy Powers, says, is there a foam party tonight without the foam? So much there. So first off, a foam party is exactly what it sounds like. It is a party with foam, um, very popular in Miami. And back in like 2012, when Florida Cyclocross was really gaining steam and having 80 riders uh-huh. a race, we decided the Gainesville crew that eventually would become Swift Cycle, Gainesville's number one bike shop, we decided that the only way to get more people from Miami to come to a cyclocross race was to <laughs> to have a foam party at it. And just to so we just started hashtagging everything foam party. And before we knew it, um a DJ that none of us really knew decided to buy Louisville foam party dot com or Louisville twenty thirteen foam party dot com, built a website. And then friend of the pod, 
mega friend of the pod, Brendan Gavick, spent like 20 hours um, making a phone party preview video where he interspliced phone party, actual phone party footage with Cross Vegas. That's That's a long kind of, you know, story, but there was at the same time a massive groundswell guerrilla marketing Twitter campaign going yeah. on mm-hmm. as well with the Louisville 2013 foam party where it became such a, uh, a persistent rumor that people were asking about it. And it was of course pushed by the three of us and Brandon and Florida cyclocross. Yeah. We, um, yeah. I don't need any credit. I didn't do it. Who anything. started, it it started being a curiosity. It started being a yeah. kind of a Bigfoot situation. Like, is it real? I don't That I don't is know. very true. And we, mm-hmm. we made some very nice clubflyers.com, some real nice thick um, cardstock that we were hanging handing out at Worlds saying, come to which, our party. And which with DJ. claimed that Jeremy Powers would be the DJ, who well, we had he not might DJ. confirmed. I don't, yeah. I don't believe any of them ever stated for sure, well, because there, I think that would have been... It was kind of a harassment. I think the harassment campaign was Mm -hmm. borderline. We could have been, there could have been a restraining order on how much we were hounding Jeremy Powers on Twitter that Mm -hmm. he might actually DJ the party because he never said no. (laughs) We had a lot of quotes from professional cyclists that were like taken out of context and then put on the flyer um, (laughs) regarding their attendance or potential attendance to the party, which really... Only strengthened the legend. Well, we had that. I remember my favorite flyer was the photo of the guy from the Belgian like Olympic team that was getting carried out of the, the Olympics because he got way too drunk in a British nightclub. And he had like just totally was passed out. And then the flyer said, I, I forgot his name. It was like Gus Van Hooch or something, you know, uh, might attend the Louisville 2013 phone party. Like it was just that just kept snowballing and eventually it got to the point when the video came out that we were like oh my god we might actually need to find a venue um and there was one venue in town willing to to do this we called yeah, up we, tim johnson we, and said we're gonna raise money for the mud fund and um yeah. then there was a line down the block because it was a critical mass of events, but basically they canceled the Sunday of racing, moved everything to Saturday, and everyone had a plane ticket to go home on Monday. What are you going to do in Louisville? <laughs> Except on Saturday night, come to a foam party. It was amazing. Now, how, mu- how much foam was there? Well, there was none. Okay. And there was never going to be any. Yeah, never going to be any foam. I know. I just wanted We to, had I think probably 2,000 people did, in that we club. We ended up basically a Twitter joke that originated out of Florida cycle cross RIP um, turned into an internet sensation. And I think coupled with worlds being in the U S for the first time, people were going crazy. 2013 was peak cycle cross before gravel really hit the scene and took all the thunder away. Right. Cycle cross was it the bad boy of cycling. Um, And people just went crazy for it. They were, they were hungry for something. And suddenly we realized oh no, our joke has gotten out of control. <laughs> we need to actually call venues yeah. now and find a place. Uh, luckily, Prime Lounge, also RIP. Interesting that all these places it's- didn't seem to make it. Um, Prime Lounge was on board. Uh, we, we had to contact 
get a photographer. We had to get a backdrop they uh, were... for the photos. <laughs> we had to coordinate uh, to get donations so we could send them somewhere. So it seemed like we weren't just... I don't know, a couple well, of idiots who had a bad idea. So we I, collected the money from Mud Fund. We, we oh, raised we, almost $2,500, like, which was amazing. But um, <laughs> regardless, we had to give a lot of money to uh, the Prime Lounge too. Uh, mostly just because they ran out of beer. There's no more Heineken in the city of Louisville by the time that, <laughs> that event was over. Oh, the problem was that, again, the legend grew so much... <laughs> exponentially more than we were prepared to deal with, to be frank. Um, the club had three rooms to it and they were like, ah, oh, we'll just open the first room. You know, if, if, if enough people show up, maybe we'll open the second room. They opened all three. They were <laughs> packed. You could not move. It was shoulder to shoulder, nuts to butts, front to back in that place. And they K- sold out a beer. Kabush was crowd surfing. Yeah. Bartenders had to go down the street to liquor stores and buy more alcohol at retail. Totally legal, I'm sure. Totally Totally legal. legal. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Kabush was jumping off the second floor balcony and and landing on the crowd and ground surfing around. Jeremy Powers did end up DJing. It was a magical night. Everything came together. Sven Nies showed up. Lars Vanderhaar showed up. Every world champion was there. Every Um, world champion that weekend showed up. It was... I don't know how it happened. It was magic. And we did a really bad job explaining how amazing it was because it was incredible. (laughs) And uh, while I'm sad it couldn't happen again in in Fayetteville, uh, I just don't think that time and place can ever be like the the unicorn of events coming together. I do want to say this, though. There was a doorman. His name was Bourbon. That's what he wanted to be called. And he calls me to the front and he says, there's a, there's a bunch of guys here that are under 21 and they're, they all had Belgian passports. It was basically the totality of the Belgian team. He's like, including Wout. <laughs> he's like, I cannot let these guys in this door, but it seems like they really want a party. At which point he then pulls me aside and he goes, there's a pizza part. There's a pizza parlor next door. If you walk through the kitchen, there's a door that adjoins, you know, the back. <laughs> Send them that way. And I'm like, okay. Before you knew it, we smuggled Wout Van Aert and the totality of the Belgian U23 team into the club. It was fantastic. Wonderful event. And I'm so happy that uh, Lars Vanderhaar remembers the, the legendary uh, Louisville 2013 phone party. I can't. I don't imagine that was the first time he had help somebody smuggle no uh, no bourbon bourbon he was a real old-fashioned bootlegger um but eight years ago is when this event was and it's also eight years since marianne voss last one is that correct uh the the event was nine years ago and voss won again in 2014 so yeah it was eight years since voss won she won one more after louisville before before taking a break to win everything else in the world i guess for a little while because yeah. it's insane to think about she won her first world championship it was like 2006 yep. and then won almost every one up to 2014 just sort of was on a tear it's so not I, off, it's just not often that someone goes away that long from being at the top of right. any discipline and comes back and it's 
it's in, it's here's, insane. Here's She's my question. I don't want to tear us too far away from the phone party and all our self-congratulation <laughs> about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I do want to touch on that women's race a little bit. Is there, in you guys' opinion, anything Lucinda Brand could have done to no. win that race? No, she was or, going up against the GOAT. She the, would have had it, to have been more committed to losing the race. She would have had to really have sat up. She sat up a few times. and I mean, yeah, that was a great race in the way that they, they came to a standstill a few times. And Voss yeah. is the, the master of just being like, whatever, like, I'll lose it. Like, I mean, she can just look over at anyone and be like, Like yeah, at the I've Olympic won, road race. I've I got this seven other times. of those shirts, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, whatever, you know. It, med- it means more to you, I, right, right now. I mean, she's so good at that. It's insane that they. She's can the greatest do that. living cyclist right now. Oh, it's it's so impressive the way she, she commits to just being like I'm gonna. S-. <laughs> like some people would say, she's can be kind of a wheel sucker, but no, she's just she's so well, tactically perfect. Like she's like, this is my race. I'm gonna ride my race, and then I'm gonna blow your doors off. And there's nothing you can do about it because you can't drop me. You cannot drop the- me. Yeah, I saw the quote after uh, the race that she had. Somebody asked her uh, a similar question, and she was basically like, I knew what Lucinda was going to do. Lucinda knew what I was going to do. Yeah. And it was just yeah. a matter of who could do it, you know? Yeah, exactly. But we knew who was going to do it. And that's why, like, <laughs> seriously, guys, after such a layoff, Lizzie Digan currently has the Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt dating back to episode 362. And Trevor almost yeah what, four months ago now in October? Mm-hmm. I mean, after that layoff, to come back and win in a crazy up sprint that you knew she was going to win. As long as she was on the wheel, you knew Voss had this. Voss is boss, greatest living cyclist. She is the inaugural winner of the Women's Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be an absolute shame if she didn't t- grab her title back as... You're, the goat. You're here. Yes. I, I, uh, I second it. Yeah. I will third it, but not, not because she won, because I kind of like expected her to be, you know, first or second, but because of that eighth win, she dethroned uh, Roger Devlamek as yeah. as the most storied cycle cross racer with that eighth win. Uh, she passed him. So. That's pretty incredible. I think that's belt worthy, and uh, I will put a stamp of approval on that nomination. So, right. what else do you guys? Any other big takeaways from the Cyclocross World Championships? Obviously, um, we were not there um, for a variety of reasons. Um, scheduling uh, the <laughs> legislation, um, I, I know, was uh, definitely a topic of discussion that we've had many times before. And Anything of else? The COVID. <laughs> Yeah, COVID. Let's not forget the global pandemic. Um, that being said, from the visual output that I saw today, um, the course looked. Yeah, I, I thought the course looked awesome. The staircase looked insane. Really, I liked it. I liked okay. the grass power. I, you know what, I I wish I was there. There's a solid. Uh, you know, while they don't have Internet Hill of um, Cyclocross Park in Louisville. By the way, has anyone gone by the Cyclocross Park in Louisville? Does it still exist? Has it been washed away by the Ohio River? Yeah, it's probably been washed um, away by the Ohio River. I haven't seen any races happen in there. Uh, is the Cyclocross World Championship similar to the Olympics where they just build a venue and then it just falls into disrepair um, years later? Uh, 
Centennial I, Park. I thought it looked good. I thought the coverage was good. I thought the announcers were great in all the races. The crowd, I thought, looked solid. I thought it, it represented solid the US for the well. conditions. Yeah. yeah um, I thought. What's your guys' takes on this? Spencer, you want badmouth at first before I I like come in the middle on this? Um, sure. <laughs> I Seems thought the course, going. the course was a fine cycle cross course. Um, I didn't think it was a f- particularly uh, compelling world championship course. Um, I don't know. I haven't been there, so I you know the TV makes things look uh, less epic than they are. I'm sure that hill going up and and back down were. Uh, were much more grueling than they looked, but just things like that descent after the stairs was directly straight down. I'm like, why don't you go off camber? Why don't you do anything like challenge these riders? Like this is supposed to push them. Um, and it kind of played out. You could see in the men's race for the, until Pitcock ran away with it, it just stayed together a lot. There wasn't a, a section of the course. There wasn't a separating um, factor to that course. It, it just, it was so wide too. And I know the, the, the UCI requires three meters wide, but that thing was four meters wide. Um, well, there was all that the way one... around, which is insane. Did you like the stairs, real... Spencer? The stairs were, the stairs were fine. So here's the thing. I was, I was thinking about this earlier today because, um, we've got some world cup uh, qualifying soccer uh, happening in North America right now. Um, U.S. is playing up in Canada. U.S. is playing uh, in St. Paul later this week where the U.S. is like putting their games in like super cold spots, right? To Negative try and play degrees, an advantage. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, they're playing Costa Rica or something and they're like, you guys are going to be screwed. Like you're not, you don't know what to deal with in the cold. I didn't see that in this this world championship course it's it's only the second time it's ever been in the u.s we have our own brand of cross everybody always says oh european cross is so different than u.s cross play to our strengths man like we yeah, but, i have never done a cross race that has yeah. 40 stairs going up a hill never once uh, i don't what think about, any of our, i don't think that helped our athletes at all you don't and think minnesota state cross contingent of 38 <laughs> metal contending riders from well, that, that's cycling okay. to this race. The little guy, you're going to have to take a rain check here to jump in on some of these comments. But uh, the first thing I want to say is I, it is hilarious how quickly USA Cycling changed from the uh, we're only oh, sending yeah. metal contenders to now suddenly having 38 folks that um, go to the event, which they should have always. If anybody wants to go to Worlds, they should be able to go to Worlds if they can pay their own way as far as I'm concerned. Yes. And if it also yeah. works to develop. Holding back riders from two or three years ago was ridiculous because look at what happened here at Arkansas. This is how we actually gain favor. Stairs I liked. Um, sure, I've never been at an elite level race. I just didn't think they played but to our strengths. I think we do need to just, you know, the 800-pound gorilla in the room. The only reason this World Championships took place in America was because the Walton family has a ton of money, and they're trying <laughs> to create Fayetteville and the Bentonville in Northwest Arkansas into a Shangri-La of outdoor bike aficionados that kind of reinforce this idea so they can try to find a way to get high quality workers to the Walmart family. That Uh, that's what they're trying to do. What's the over under how many years do you think months even before USA cycling corporate headquarters is relocated from (laughs) 
Colorado yeah. Springs to Bentonville, so Arkansas. I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this. I don't think it happens for one reason only, and that's just because the Olympic movement is still so focused around Colorado Springs, and they do have the velodrome there and like the Olympic Training Center. That being I've said, it doesn't mean that it's it, it's not worth keeping. I know it doesn't mean that they won't relocate some things, but yeah, I mean you're absolutely right. I mean the, the you know the the um. There's a lot. It's a very small industry between the Wal- the Walton family and Visit Fayetteville and that whole area, and now the leadership of USA Cycling. It's well known on who's taking it over and, and all of that. Um, that being said, you know, Richmond had the Road Worlds, cost a lot of money. McQuaid's, uh, you know, family was the promoters there. there. There's a lot of incestual things in cycling, one of which is if you have money, you get it, and that's what... Uh, Doha had when they had the world championships. I mean, I'm not shocked that this was the world championships that uh, Arkansas got. And it's just a matter of time before the mountain bike world championships and a mountain bike world cup is hosted there. Um, little guy, what do you think of the course? I think Spencer had a bunch of good critiques. Yes. Um, what would you think overall of the whole event? Uh, well, I, on the, on the point of it being in Fayetteville, I, I wonder if this will be an issue in the future is just accessibility. Um, because, you know, the Europeans are obviously pretty annoyed that they had to fly to sh- like mm-hmm. Chicago and then drive from Chicago down um, <laughs> down to, mm-hmm. to why, North Why did they have to do that? Well, that's the There's only no international flight. flights. Yeah, I guess they could have probably done. They could have flown flown to Chicago and then gone to Little Rock. But even then, the options no, but, aren't that many. Yeah, but still, like I, or for, I hear what you're saying, to but to AC. me, it's like. Are you trying to tell me there isn't an airport in Fayetteville? I know it's Northwest Arkansas regional, but like people yeah, but have do to fly there. Do you think they can handle the amount of cargo that was coming in? Yeah, no, absolutely not. not. Private. Well, fly to okay, but fly to. I mean, I you know what? I don't want to hear any complaints from the Europeans about <laughs> them having to come over here for world championships or anything to do with that. Because the truth <laughs> is, when we Good have luck. to go over there, it's ridiculous. Go send them in the middle of a farm field in Coxsider or whatever these yeah, places but Coxide are. Yeah, how far? How far is any place in Belgium from a major airport? Not far. Two, three hours max? Yeah, yeah but you know, like regardless that of that, I don't, it's not an, you know what? The world is a big place and America is a big country. I'm not going to give that type of <laughs> yeah, we, argument. We, it's ridiculous. Okay, I, I'm saying that we have a lot, a lot of places with more cyclocross and more cyclocross mm-hmm. tradition in America or whatever you want to say that are mm-hmm. much more accessible <laughs> To major so do you have the money? Do you have the yes. money to go no, put that on? I know it's on? money. I know. I know what we we just had the whole Walton conversation. I'm just saying, it's it's pretty crazy to say, hey, we're gonna throw a World Championships, uh, just way out of the way in this giant country, and you've got to get there when you're, especially like when the biggest nations are from countries that are smaller than most. Aren't of our they states. doing like the the World Championships, the road cycling World Championships coming up? By the way, probably the most epic course from what I can tell in in Rwanda. I mean, I gotta imagine that like they they're similar um, airport infrastructure to Northwest Arkansas. Maybe no, yeah. I don't like know. to get no cargo idea. and like these giant. Um, I'm gonna write it down. Road, road cycling, you bring one bike with you. Cyclocross, <laughs> you bring three bikes, six pairs of wheels, a mechanic. <laughs> And Six all this other chains, crap, though. Okay. and three pit guys to help you, and power yeah. washers, and all this crap. I like. I like world championships in hard to get places. You know what? I'm just gonna come <laughs> out and say it. Why? It's better. Okay. Shows the world yeah. to people. Yeah. Okay. That's I don't true. agree. Um, 
to, to totally derail boring. this here. I was gonna say about the course, it was kind of boring. It made for it some interesting boring. racing in that it was different. I think it's all weather related, though. You know, if, if it had if it had rained one time, some of those descents, those really fast descents, um, not long after the the start through the mm-hmm. woods, if those had been wet, it would have been completely different. Now, I do want to make a complaint. I have been to Arkansas a couple times in winter because my dad lives in more southern Arkansas, and it has never been as warm as it was for everybody right now. And I've been there in January <laughs> two times, and every time I'm yeah. there, it's like zero degrees, and everyone's walking around complaining how it never gets this cold in Arkansas. Uh-huh. And so watching, um, there was a shirtless guy that was creepy behind a tree on the field. <laughs> he had that tree says, locked down for the whole race. That tree that locked amazing. down. He had been planning that for a long time. Um, I just want to say, yeah, but they should know that, right? Like, you know, just like in Louisville, they should have known that the river was going to flood. They should have had maybe a little foresight. So maybe only have worlds somewhere where you'll actually have uh, weather influence it since it influences. So like the Winter 90. Olympics. <laughs> yeah, like the Winter Olympics. I mean, it is it is quite weird. It's like the first three races in America are dusty. And then... And then right as it starts to rain and get different in in America, they, all the races go to Europe, and then they come back over here for the driest, dustiest, warmest race, you know? I mean, yeah, it's it's a strange situation, and it definitely played to, like, Voss and Pidcock's strengths, right? I just can't believe that was a custom-built park for how <laughs> it's <so> uninspiring <laughs> that course was. And Think what they could have done with that money. You know, like they should actually send it to me. I'll I'll come up with some good ideas. I um, it, impressive. Uh, shout outs to uh, Mike Bodenheimer uh, for some great content on the Wide Angle Podium Instagram account, Incredible. and also shout out to uh, friends of the pod Zach Schuster and Bill Scheiken, along with Mike Bodenheimer, uh, for the amazing content that you're going to see on Cyclocross Bulletin or CX Hairs Bulletin, and then also the CX Hairs podcast. So check that out. They're going to have a lot of in-depth reporting from the actual racing um, from true experts, and they'll let us know all about the logistical challenges of flying into Northwest Arkansas with your apparently, as Spencer said, 8,000 wheels and uh, uh, green tires. Yeah. Totally glued up. I mean, there's a whole article about it on, on Cycling News about uh, how much stuff the Belgians brought. It was insane. There's two containers, like two truckloads worth, and six Shimano chains. You know who else has two truckloads worth of trophies? Our main man on the ground in the road peloton, Michael Matthews, who's going to be taking us this week into the Primlet. Hi, I'm Jim Champion and Master Meisen, and I don't listen to your podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the preem lap. Shout out to the very good friends of ours over at Hammerhead because progress demands awareness of where you are now and also where you aspire to be. The path to to new opportunities is not always clear, so move forward with intention. The Hammerhead Carew 2 helps you unlock your potential to see what's next and find your path forward. Man, I've I've been... Loving this Hammerhead Karoo 2 that I have. Um, and I was thinking about some of the fun things with it. You know, the mapping, the GPS, all the 
all the wonderful things that you expect for your computer, the swiping, like iPhone-esque nature of it. It's beautiful. It works wonderfully. It updates automatically. It's, it's great. I was like remembering the packaging that it showed up in. This is how good, how well it's packaged. Yeah. That I was like, there has to be some Hammerhead Career 2 unboxing videos. There has to be. And I'm just going to Google it up real quick. And yeah, there are. There absolutely are. The packaging is incredible. The product is incredible. Um, I encourage you to go check it out. Um, but the, I just, the setup I just, was easiest. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm not surprised that there's unboxing videos. Um, but the Crew 2, uh, beautiful screen, fantastic GPS, crushes it. The climber feature we've talked about before. I've hacked the mainframe. I've beaten Tim's now, climbing. It's not that hard. <laughs> well, it's it's not that hard because it's overpasses. But I want to uh, shout out to friend of the pod, Amanda Nauman, who had like this pretty sweet color combo kit on hers that I was totally jealous of it. Really? And then, yeah, super jealous. I see that. Looked, oh, looked, looked super just rad. Black. Yeah. Um, well, the thing is, is that you can actually piece. get some Dang. custom color kits on it. Oh, really? And yeah. Wait, how? I was totally jealous. Well, you go to hammerhead.io and you use the slow ride as your uh, your code. At the end, you get a free custom color kit. So you enter the code slow ride. And then you also free? get a water bottle. Yeah, free. Did you say free? Yeah, so you can get way cooler computer colors. You can match the color of your computer and the case it's on to your bike. So, so it's I, like kind of next nice. level. That's a free custom color kit and premium water bottle with the purchase of a crew too by going to hammerhead io and using the code slow ride at checkout is that what you're saying yes all one word slow ride huh well that sounds like an exclusive limited time offer for our podcast listeners as well yeah just as long as you don't forget the special promo code slow ride over at hammerhead.io and then you get your crew two and free custom color kit and premium water bottle incredible incredible indeed We'd also like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out about our bevy of shows. We've talked many times in the past about the Nowhere Fast podcast Mm -hmm. with Zach, Mike, and Kevin, who are all going to be at Unbound as well. So we're going to be talking Uh, about that in the future. We also have Grodio. Destroy you guys. (laughs) Yeah, and you have the Grodio (laughs) with Amanda, Zach, and, and Bill as well. And again, let's not forget our good friend over at Criterium Nation, Rob Kelly, who's going to continue to slay it. He's got the history of Criterium Racing coming up as the season begins to pop off here in the States Mm -hmm. this spring with Criterium Nation podcast. It's fantastic. Must listen. Check it out. All of which you can find out more info over at WideAnglePodium.com. With that, let's get back to the show. Hey there, it's Mike Vanningham, your second favorite Canadian, and I do listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are. We've got some great listener email. Shout outs to friend of the pod, Paul Buchanan, for sending us an email. Uncle Ed out of the Schwamigan National Forest uh, hitting us up. Um, Jeff Aldrich writes in Slow Ride Pod training camp in Fiji. 
Greeting, gents. On a recent trip to Australia to visit my wife's family, we flew Fiji Airlines. They have a very clever and well-produced safety video. I've attached a portion below. Forget Lance and George and Mallorca. From the video, you'll see that the Slow Ride Pod training camp should be held in Fiji. Little guy, why should the Fiji? Why should the training camp be held in Fiji? Yeah, they got rail bikes, man. It's a safety video, bud. Buckling up on your rail bike, I guess that you're gonna go out on that day. It's side by sides. It looks it looks nice through the through the. Can the you now? You've talked a lot about rail biking, little guy, over the years here on the on yep. the pod. Over the years, sporadically, I've not my bike working. Yes, I usually yeah. tune it out because um, I'm very not interested in your rail yeah. biking. Yeah, um, that makes two of us. Yeah, yeah, and you never told me that I could explore the vistas of Fiji via rail bike. You never once have said this, and now all of a sudden I'm interested. Mm-hmm. I've got. I've got a couple questions. I didn't know. I didn't know. Okay. Little guy, question. Yeah. Yeah. If you... Now, I know the airlines around the world have been adjusting their baggage fees for bringing a bike on the air. I'm a United flyer. Now United doesn't even charge you the ridiculous $200 per trip. It's just an oversized bag. It's like 50 bucks a pop. Same with Alaska Airways, Delta. Everyone has changed. As the rail bike expert... Uh Uh-huh. Is there a do rail bikes get the same privilege as bikes on the airlines, or is it just oversized garbage? And they say no, there's not enough room on this plane for that. (laughs) And then it's like a whole other TSA thing. Yeah, it might be a whole other thing. One, they're gonna be like, "What is this? It's a bunch of weird poles and stuff." And then that's when you say it's an art project. Yeah, you could you could set it up, I guess, so you could make it a little more compact for shipping, but. um, Uh I would, I make, would probably, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't okay. tried to ship it yet. Would it so, make more sense to just pack the whole rail bike in the back of your old 80s Volvo station wagon and just try to check the whole station wagon as baggage? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Volvo might be a little heavy. You might, you might get hit on the weight. The weight. Thing there. <laughs> the weight. So I'd, I'd go, I'd go uh, with something, uh, something light in Japanese if I was going to try to check it. Okay. Um, Tristan, little guy. So got it. So I appreciate that. So let, let's just ad- assume that you can ship the rail bike because you can set it up when you get to the air country. And I noticed your rail bike actually has wood couplers that, that failed on the Slow Ride Pod Instagram account at the Slow Ride Pod. Mm-hmm. If you want to see the rail bike, yeah, shocking that one of the yeah. wood um, joints broke. But little guy, here's shocking my question. Wood. Never worked for anybody. Yeah. On your rail bike, <laughs> I'm assuming yeah. the, ra- the gauge of the rail bike is set up for American rail. Do yeah. we know it's adjustable if, though. Is it adjustable to the rail of Fiji and Australia? I'm assuming there's a different gauge. Probably. Yeah. I do not know offhand um okay. the differences in common uh gauges of abandoned railroads in I Fiji. I thought or you said you were a rail biker. What the hell? <laughs> but um I do actually have a book about uh railroads of the world downstairs i could maybe go check that out later but do you have a um, rail biking book i have the well i have that rail biking book from the library but i, I don't have anything about rail biking <laughs> have you world. have you yeah, taken it back yet that guy huh? have you what no i haven't brought it back to the library yet um 
They're not. So no one's called it back. No, it <laughs> no, hasn't. No, nobody's <laughs> called about it yet. That's weird. Surprisingly, <laughs> like, oh, surprisingly we a- I've, I've been able to get my three renewals. Um, All right. If anybody lives in Minneapolis, go down to the Minneapolis Public Library and just put in a request for uh, the rail bike book. Just a little uh-huh. guy has to trudge back out into public to uh, to, to return uh-huh. it. It'd be amazing. Don't make me. Don't make me leave my home. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can, um, at least with the, the weird system I got, um, you, you can make some adjustments for length. Um, so, you can kind of set that up if you knew you were going to be encountering different gauges. So um, if we set up possible. a slow ride podcast training camp in Fiji based around r- the rail bike economy there. Um, <laughs> Huge part of their economy. <laughs> how many people do you think we could get to sign up for this? Because we're going to have to charge a lot of money. How, you know, I mean, yeah, a lot of money. I do not know how much it would cost to get to Fiji. I think that's the major stumbling block is the getting well, to Fiji. It's not how much it costs us. It's it's because it's going to cost them 50% more than it costs us um, because we're going to well, upcharge. We're going to have to, yeah, you know, yeah. we're going to have to yeah. add the margin a little bit on these, uh, uh, you know, training camp tickets. So this is exclusive. Yeah, I uh, you know, it it's um it's a it's a it looks like a, you know quick guess at Fiji Airways it looks like you could get there for about a thousand dollars. So uh, fifteen hundred dollars, got it? Okay. <laughs> at least so um yeah it's it's gonna be pretty expensive. Plus our expertise, so maybe ten thousand dollars a ticket. Well, yeah. What was Lance trying to charge people to do that camp with him like, a couple years ago? It's like twenty thousand, wasn't it? it was, I thought it was thirty. It was wild. It was a it wild was number. Super wild. It was. It was okay. So here's the marketing brain. We need to charge a little bit more than Lance did, so that we yeah, get the just, exclusivity. Yeah, like we yeah, need. So we seem legit. Yeah. Yeah, we need to, just yeah, n- not only legitimate, but like there's, there's people out there that buy the expensive car just because it's the most expensive one, right? Yeah, sure. we need yeah. those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, totally. I th- I think we have several dentists that would want to come. Well, um, we have just as many yellow jerseys as him. So I mean, what's the difference, right? Oh, big, big, big! All right, gravel is the MLS. This email comes to us from friend of the pod Justin in Savannah, Georgia. This is a joke that will make sense to like four people. One of them is Tim. Ah, gravel okay. is Major League Soccer. If you look at professional gravel right now. It looks a lot like a retirement home for professional road racers. Ted King, Allison Tetrick, Peter Stetna, other names I'm not typing right now, such as Boswell, Lawrence Tendam, all had successful road racing careers and then escaped to the world of gravel, some of them even crossing an ocean to rebrand their careers. Now, who else has done this? Thierry Henry, Kaka, Robbie Keane, that guy from the Kira Knightley movie, all left careers in Europe to come to the States to continue and rebrand their careers in the MLS. Of course, the MLS is turning into less of a retirement home and into more of a development league for the big Euro teams. Just today, American Matt Turner appears to be headed to London in a transfer from the New England Revolution to the old England Arsenal. Does that mean that Nika has met its match and Gravel will become the new hotbed for American development? Mm. Will the next movie star documentary feature a scouting trip to the Doc Hollywood to find the next big star? 
Was writing this email just an elaborate way to sound busy in my office on a Friday afternoon? Yes to the last question. But I will say that Justin does present a, uh, a solid question. Is the time of Nika as the ultimate development arm of U.S. cycling, because that's quite honestly what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Superstars Evel- like Kate Courtney Kate coming Courtney, out of the program. Yep. Yeah. Is now gravel going to be that? Because we are seeing at Unbound and other events that there are high school categories. Mm-hmm. Gravel is definitely a great place to get um, some road-style miles in on a much safer environment than on the public roadways of America. Trying um, to find the next Ashton Lambie. Yes. So I would say that uh, Nika, you know, there, there should be a gravel high school racing league. This, like, honestly, like, if USA Cycling wants to really develop it, that's, that's how you do it. Well, do you, think, do you think the premise, and I understand the joke and the comparison between the uh, soccer league in America, you know, being the old fogies league, and now probably not apparent to our European listeners that it is actually a good development league for uh, up, uh, up-and-coming players. But do you think that that premise of the email is correct? Like, do you think Gravel has turned from the retro grouch to the retired pro league and now to potentially being the where you find the uh the gold nuggets in the in the you know in the rough diamonds in the rough i guess in vodders think so well no he'll just lowball the winners well that's well, you gotta do that <laughs> that's just good business baby yeah it is solid business i respect it um speaking of gravel I, gentlemen, got some mail sent my way. If you ever want to send us email, just send us an email. We'll, we'll send you our P.O. Box address. We got a package addressed to just me, but I'm willing to share it with you guys. I do not know what's in here, so I'm going to open it up live on the air. Um, uh-huh. Believe it or not, it is what I believe to be posters. It is a tube. I it is a tube. Much. Yeah. So it's this comes to tube. us from a friend of the pod, Ben Pickle. Um, now I am going to open up and we're going to see what is in here, um, for us to discuss. Um, Ooh, gentlemen, we have in totality, is it golden tickets to unbound? No, but it is the 2019 Schwamigan poster. Uh, I love it. It is the 2018 Schwamigan poster. Ah, I love it even more. That's the one we were at. It's the 2017 Schwamigan poster. I hate that one. It's the 2016 Schwamigan poster. (laughs) It is the 20... Oh, my God. 2015? 2014? Gentlemen, we have every Schwamigan poster, I think, in history. We have the the 2013 Schwamigan poster. Oh, my goodness. This is actually... Oh, it skips from 2013 to go to 2011. Um... But, oh, no. you know, oh, 2012 I, was my year. 2010. This this poster features a Grand Stay rider on the uh, the cover. Um, uh, Minnesota oh Zone. Doug yeah. Swanson is on the 2009 championship poster. Oh, sweet. 2008. Oh, my God. Do you think oh we can sell that to Doug? Do you, think, do you think Doug wants to buy it? Or maybe Dan wants to buy it as a novelty. Uh, I'm sure they have gifts. them. You know, Guys, the former winners probably have their own posters that they got from the event, but that's a pretty 
amazing. I've got uh, 2005, 2002, we're missing 2003, 2004, but oh my God, I've got 25 years worth of um, posters here. Wow, uh, that's awesome. This is amazing. And the sponsors on here, over like Dirt Rag, rest in peace. Of course, Dirt Rag yeah. sponsored this. I mean, yeah. oh my God, dating back to 2000, this is insane. Um, guys, I think we might have to go back to Schwam again. It I'm was, uh, it. I feel like we have some unfinished business there. The 1999 Schwamigan poster has a rider featuring wearing a Kelme jersey. That's amazing. That's pretty sweet. Is it an I mean, actual Kelme rider showed up or just, like, they, they literally just found some, some cat dude. four that bought a Kelme jersey and threw them on the cover? No, I don't, I don't know who it is, but I will say this is that they've got some sweet Velcroed shoes and Nike was a sponsor with their, their, their bike line at that time. And they, they make it very well known that there's a 2,500 rider limit. I, guys, I cannot believe this gold mine that we just got. Um, Little guy, is, uh, is one of oh your unfinished business to, to finish the race under your own power? I finished under my own power, not under my yeah, own tubes, though. Don't think you would have. <laughs> well, I still, I still did. It was just I finished with your tubes Yeah, yeah. my wheel. All three um, of them. Yeah. Because I didn't get I, a flat. <laughs> I got a lot of flats. I had, what, four? Four flats, I think? It was wild. Yes. I would love to finish the race. Uh, zero flats is my goal for next time. Gentlemen. We need to, we need to if, seriously if, discuss this and make sure it happens. If um, you won the 1992 Shawamigan Fat Tire Festival, you won a Diamondback bicycle. Yeah. I like it. Amazing. I mean... I don't have all these posters in front of me, Tim, and neither do all our listeners. So I just no. But I, the point though is know. that like the Diamondback was the title sponsor before Trek. Like it just, I mean, it just shows how long ago that this Diamondback was big back then. Little guy, this one's yeah. sponsored by American American Manufacturing, American Bike yeah, Frame Ameri- sponsored a team. Yeah, they sponsored it for the first many years. They were they were like the first long time sponsor. That was my initial goal when we did the race. Was to find an old American I could build up mm-hmm. for the event. That would have um, been cool. Unfortunately, prices are pretty high, and they're not the most common. But you, folks don't know those were built um, here in Minnesota. So, yeah. So yeah, Tim, I you're going to be Schwamigan... you're going to be putting these out on the the Slow Ride Instagram. I'm assuming. Um, I would hope yes. so. I'm in a hundred percent going to be starting to put these up on the Slow Ride. Thank you so much, okay. Ben, it's, for sending these guys. We, we might have to. It's go back incredible to that you've got posters all the way back to 1984 from Schwamigan now. Um, you know, it, it's a race that Greg Lamond has won. It's an amazing long-term event. They have to cap it at 2,500 people, like you mentioned. But again, nobody's ever heard of it, which is wild because it's such a huge race. And, and it's going to be I'm, the deciding part exci- of the Lifetime. That's why I'm excited that it's part of the Lifetime series and uh, it's going to be kind of the dark horse event. So... Uh, I think I, you know, I love the event. I've only gotten the pleasure of doing it the one time, but, uh, and, uh, you know, I was rightfully robbed of my win by you guys, but, um, <laughs> I still, I do want to do it again. I think this is the inspiration that I need to maybe get on the bike and train a little bit this time before <laughs> heading out there, um, Advisable. to destroy you guys. So I'm much more excited uh, about this than unbound. I'll- because like 200 trash, miles is way too many. 
Yeah, I like that the trash talking starts at even as you you insinuate that you maybe aren't riding the bike at all, but you're like already working the trash talking and the not riding. It's wow. I'm, I'm yeah I'm building I'm tapering yeah I'm yeah. building yeah building you, you've been I think you've been tapering for a few years I think it's time to build I've had a good rest yeah I've had a good taper rest my way to fitness it's it's coming for sure well it's right around the corner fitness is right around the corner you know what sure. else is right around the corner road racing se- oh wait no it already started we talked about it, it earlier started, but yep. we will be back. For all the more in-depth road cycling previews that everyone is expecting, we haven't even talked about kits yet. There's so much to discuss. It's been a, it's been a wonderful winter. Some would say a winter of discontent, but for us, it's been a one it's been a winter of content. I'm pretty content. Yep. I feel content. And so, gentlemen, with that, I think it's time to wrap up yet another episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. Congratulations to Marianne Voss for taking back the Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt in epic fashion. Congratulations to all the winners of the 2022 Cyclocross World Championships. We'd also like to thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for the intro and outro music. We also want you to follow us at the Soul Ride Pod on Instagram and Twitter, where we'll be posting all these great Schwambigan posters for you to see. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Massachusetts reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, and we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours the Grodio Podcast.